Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, book lovers. My name is M, and I want to talk about books and cats. Valentine's Day is coming up, and this week I am covering two books that are centered around relationships. I read two books this week. Um, I had one that I had planned to read. Uh, it was a love story because, you know, Valentine's Day. And then the other one was just on my Kindle. Sometimes I will just download um, random books that aren't super expensive, and uh, I try to find things that I've never heard of or maybe like people that don't have that many reviews. And then they just sit there until I feel like reading an ebook. And I just kind of felt like reading one. Um, and that's the one I want to talk about first. I read Wreckage by Emily Bleeker. So I want to start with the blurb just to give you an idea of the story. Lillian Linden is a liar. On the surface, she looks like a brave survivor of a plane crash. But she's been lying to her family, her friends, and the whole world since rescue helicopters scooped her and her fellow survivor, Dave Hall, off a deserted island in the South Pacific. Missing for almost two years, the castaways are thrust into the spotlight after their rescue, becoming media darlings overnight. But they can't tell the real story, so they lie. The public is fascinated by the castaways' saga, but Lillian and Dave must return to their lives and their spouses. Genevieve Randall, a hard-nosed journalist and host of a news program, isn't buying it. She suspects Lillian's and Dave's explanations of the other crash survivors aren't true. And now Genevieve's determined to get the real story, no matter how many lives it destroys. In this intriguing tale of survival, secrets, and redemption, two everyday people thrown together by tragedy must finally face the truth, even if it tears them apart. So, I liked this book. It was kind of slow going. Um, like I said, I read it as an ebook, which could have something to do with it. I I tend to not be able to be as engaged when I'm reading something uh, on on my phone. There's a lot more distractions. Um, the plot was also not quite what I was expecting. A book called Wreckage, um, I kind of thought would have more to do with, like, you know, the survival after the plane crash, and there was very little of that, and everything was just kind of, you know, convenient. Like, they found fresh water immediately, there was enough food, like... There were obstacles, but it was mostly really based on the relationship of the people that survived the crash. Um, and once I started looking at it from that perspective, I enjoyed it a lot more. I did have a hard time feeling sympathetic to the main character. Um, I really wanted to, but it just, I, I don't know. I think it was just that I wasn't ready for it to be more of like a romance. But it is really interesting. The relationships are great. Um, the story is good. It's... It's easy, like, and it's happy. And I think that's part of it, too, is that I tend to read dark books. Um, everything's kind of not what it seems and all of this. And I think, like, just maybe my expectation of the book was was off. Um, so it was a good read and an enjoyable story, just not what I was expecting. 
Do you think that there's a difference in how much you enjoy a book depending on how you read it? Um, I just have been thinking about this because of the ebook thing. A real book is such a comfort to me, and I get completely sucked in. Um, I think because when I sit down to read a physical book, I know that I'm not doing anything else, and it is a relaxing and immersive uh, experience. And I think I enjoy the book more because of that, because I'm taking time for myself and doing something calm and for me. Um, audiobooks I respond to differently. I love them because when I'm busy, I can listen, uh, you know, while I'm walking the dog, cleaning, driving, whatever. But the focus is not all there. I sometimes tune out and have to back up the audiobook. I also can't really get super immersed in a story uh, if the performance of the narrator isn't good, because a narrator can make or break an audiobook. I also can't listen for nine hours straight, so I have to disrupt the story, and then I have a hard time like staying immersed in it, unless it's really, really good and really well performed. There are some that I've definitely like, you know, done extra exercise and stuff just so I could keep listening. <laughs> So I tend to use audiobooks for my nonfiction reading. That way I can kind of listen to it like it's a lecture. And I absorb most of the information. Plus, sometimes when I read nonfiction, I kind of struggle because it just doesn't hold my attention. And um, I can't get immersed in it, and so then there's lots of distractions. Um, ebooks, I think, are the toughest ones. I love the portability, and I love the space saving of just having a bunch of books on one device. But there are so many distractions. I always want to check everything else on my phone. I get notifications. Um, also, like, my eyes start to hurt when I've been looking at a screen for too long. Like, even with the uh, blue light blocking glasses, there's still an issue after a while. And I really wonder if reading books uh, as an ebook taints my experience of them. I don't know that it does. I've definitely read a couple uh, on my Kindle that were really, really good, but... I do wonder if it kind of changes the way I respond to books, depending on how I listen to them or read them. So that is book number one. Um, it was a good read, and I would recommend it. It would be really good as like a beach read. So now I'm going to take a quick break, and when I come back, I'm going to tell you about book number two. Hey, book lovers. Do you want to read more books while also learning a new language? Prismatext has just what you need. Prismatext books are a brand new way of studying a foreign language. Rather than using flashcards or apps, learners can simply pick up an ebook and start reading. Currently, Prismatext books are available in English as a first language, and they target languages including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and Portuguese. Right now, I am engrossed in Wuthering Heights, one of my favorite classics with German words mixed right in. Please follow the link in the show notes to help support the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And if you use code books and cats, you can get 30% off your order. That's all caps, books, the letter N, cats. Start learning today while enjoying your favorite classics with Prismatext. <coughs> Welcome back, book lovers. So like I said earlier, Valentine's Day is coming up and I wanted to cover a love story. I'm not a huge uh, celebrator of Valentine's Day, but you know, I like a good love story. There is definitely a part of me that enjoys, you know, all the old um, romances like Wuthering Heights and Pride and Prejudice and all that. 
and you know all every lifetime movie and you know every hallmark movie etc cetera, etc cetera. i love that stuff um it's not something i love admitting but i do and this book kind of fits into that so i want to talk about anna k by jenny lee um this is a modernized anna karenina which i was so excited about this book is a surprisingly good fit for me I bought it on a whim based on a blurb. Uh, it was from Book of the Month, but I got it last year, and it ended up buried on a shelf somewhere, and I didn't remember I had it until the recent creation of my to-read shelf. So I found it, and I was like, oh, it says it's a love story. That would be perfect for the Valentine's Day episode. Here's why this book is perfect for me. It's young adult, which I will always love and always read, even though I am counting the days until my 40th birthday. It definitely doesn't hit the same way anymore, but the stories are usually really good and interesting. And there's that, like, first love sort of, like, romance thing, you know, which seems a little sillier when you're older and wiser, but I still enjoy reading it. It's like watching a Lifetime movie. So... As I said, this is a modern retelling of Tolstoy's Anna Karenina, which I love and have read three times. I have no idea if I am saying the title correctly, but that's what it looks like. <laughs> if I'm not, let me know. I, I would love to know how to say it correctly. Um, so I went through a stage of reading nothing but classics when I was a teenager. I read a lot of Russian writers. I read all of you know, Dickens and, you know, all of the romances I mentioned before and Sense and Sensibility and stuff like that. So I, I loved this book, even though it is large and a bit cumbersome, not just in size, but in like words too. It's a very wordy book. Um, but I just really enjoyed it. And there's also some really great film versions. I haven't seen the newest one, but there is one that I think was made for PBS um, probably back in the 90s, and that one is super good. So I also love this book because one of my ultimate guilty pleasures is, uh, you know, the TV that's kind of along the lines of, like, Gossip Girl or Pretty Little Liars. Um, anything with, like, bitchy, rich private school kids. I don't know why I enjoy it. It's kind of a hierarchy thing, and I like the drama. And honestly, it just all seems so superficial and pointless, and it kind of amazes me that there might be people that that really is their existence. Anyway, I enjoy that kind of stuff. It's a guilty pleasure, and this book really fit right into that. The way that this was modernized was interesting. It is uh, mostly teenagers, uh, wealthy teenagers, in New York City. There are definitely places where... The modernization seemed a little forced. Um, I think it's difficult to convey the same social taboos and restrictions as, like, you know, Russia back in the day compared to, like, upper-class New York City life. But overall, I thought it did a really good job of kind of sticking to the plot and having the same type of characters and relationships that were in the original. Um, this book is broken up into three sections, which I thought was interesting because... A lot of Russian plays that I studied in school were broken up into three acts, and this kind of works in the same way. 
I'm not sure if that's an intentional choice, but I appreciate it. Um, I also love the characters and the relationships. They're really close to the original, although, like I said, they're mostly rich teenagers. I love the way that Jenny Lee played with the plot. The emotional toll is definitely there, but it's a lot less depressing and dark. Some of the Tolstoy stuff is real dark. But there is definitely some some serious low points in the story still. I really enjoyed this book. I didn't know if I was going to, but it ended up being excellent. Um, it's a sweet love story, and it also features a rather eventful Valentine's Day. So if you're in the mood for love or rich teen drama, definitely check this one out. It's really good. So now I just want to talk about my cats for a minute. Um, I've been thinking lately that if reincarnation is a thing, I would love to be reincarnated as a house cat. It's mostly because I watch my cats, like, laying on the nice plush dog bed that I bought or laying in this, like, box of blankets. Like, our whole house is set up for the cat's comfort. And that's such a nice life. So the cat that enjoys this life the most at our house is our oldest cat, Zeus. He is 13, and he is the most loving cat I've ever met. He just wants to be pet or fed. Those are his two things. Um, honestly, if an animal can just be pure love, that is this cat. He is ridiculous. Um, so he has never gone outside. When he was a teeny tiny kitten, him and his siblings came out of the cornfield uh, behind the house of a woman who works with my husband. And she took one, her brother took one, and then she gave the other one to us, and we got Zeus. I think it's funny um, that I had planned to talk about him today, because just yesterday, my husband showed me pictures of Zeus's siblings, who are both still alive and well, and surprisingly don't look that much like my cat. Um, they have the same markings on their face, but the other two are kind of a dark brown and black, and Zeus is gray. So he's the odd man out, but he is just the sweetest cat. And my kids the other day got him a small dog harness and a leash um, because he has started showing interest in going outside. And he likes to go out when there's grass, but lately he's been interested in trying to go out and see what snow is like. So they harnessed him up, which he hated. Um, <laughs> it was kind of funny. And then they brought him outside, and he actually, like, seemed to enjoy it a little bit until his feet got too cold, and then he was yowling to come back in. So they brought him back in, but he was, like, purring and rubbing up against all of us when he came back in. And then for the rest of the day, he was just, like, super playful and active, and it was just so sweet. Irene tried it on the other cats, but it didn't go quite so well. Uh, Strudel, we didn't bother because she just goes outside and can take care of herself. Uh, Sasser's just laid down and gave up, which was hilarious. And then when she put it on Weird, he ran and twisted and kind of rolled and tried to get out of it. Um, and he did. He, he managed to escape it. It was a little too big for the rest of them. Zeus is a pretty big cat. Um, so we're going to continue using it with Zeus. He really likes going outside, even if it's just for a little bit. And after 13 years as an indoor cat, like, he deserves it, if that's what he wants. I am really excited for springtime, because he's going to love it when he can go in the grass. 
So now it is time for the quote of the week, and I decided that since this is the Valentine's Day episode, I would find a book quote that was love-based. This week's quote is from Emily Bronte's Wuthering Heights, which is one of my favorites and one that I just read as a Prismatext version uh, to help me learn German, which was kind of cool. I've been doing Duolingo lessons for over 200 days now. My son and I started and he chose German, which um, I'd never really considered learning. I did Spanish in school and had kind of planned to do some more of that, but I'm really enjoying it. I understand the German language for some reason, and uh, I've been at it so long that things are actually starting to stick, which is exciting. Anyway, I wanted a quote about love this week, and this is a great one. Whatever our souls are made of, his and mine are the same. And again, that's from Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte. And if you know that story, oh, that quote, so good. That's another one of those just like desperate love stories, which once you get older, you're kind of like, no, not really. But but they're so entertaining. Who doesn't love it? And that is the end of the show. Uh, Make sure to check out episode two of Storytime with M on Sunday or anytime after that. I am sharing a chapter every week from my new book, Feelers. We're going to do the whole book. Please send me book suggestions or cool cat facts or funny cat stories to books.cats.pod at gmail.com and follow me on Instagram, books.cats.pod. And if you stick around after the music, uh, you can hear chapter seven of Heart of the Storm, which is my weekly writing project. Um... If you haven't had a chance yet, please rate and review and subscribe to the podcast. It helps it be seen by other people, and I would really, really appreciate it. And if you're enjoying it, tell your friends. Tell anybody who loves books or anybody who loves cats. Um, I would love to have my audience grow. And thank you so much to the people who are already listening. Um, I appreciate it so much. And until next time, keep reading. Hey, book lovers. Thanks so much for hanging around for Chapter 7 of Heart of the Storm. Um, Quick recap of Chapter 6, the man with the bright orange hair has finished his newest work of art, featuring Gemma, unfortunately for her. And Lottie and Harper were visited by a menacing stranger. And now, Chapter 7. Mina was not used to doing her own dirty work. She wrinkled her nose at the mess laid at her feet. The scrawny wretch was sniveling and pawing at her pristine, pale blue slippers. She placed a hesitant finger on the matted head of dirty hair, and the sniveling ceased. That was a relief, at least. Her fingertip glowed slightly, and the figure at her feet gasped and went rigid. The man with the shock of orange hair clapped and laughed a little. Not so bad, is it? He crooned. She hated his voice. He was like a snake in human form, and she knew better than to let him overstep her boundaries. I don't do the dirty work. I hire people to do it for me. 
She dropped her hand and turned back to her lounge as the filthy body slumped to the floor. The head made a sickening crack as it connected with the polished marble. Of course, the man smirked. She wanted to hit him. Get out of my sight, she snapped. The smirk vanished when her guards grabbed his arms. That made Mina smile. She waved her hand and they escorted her slimy cohort out of the main room. When she heard the outer door open and close, she allowed herself to breathe. Manx was an unfortunate necessity, an alliance that felt bad, but she knew was for the best. He was a genius, after all, and geniuses didn't always know how to act around other people. Mina sighed. Her guards had returned, and she waved them away again. She liked it when the room was empty. She stretched out on the soft velvet of the chaise and drew a lazy circle of colorful lights in the air while she fell deep into thought. Manx was lying to her. It radiated off him in bright, vibrant waves. Mina could see it as plain as the color of his dark, beady eyes. This new test was too far. He was supposed to process them before they came to her. She should never see their dirty, matted hair or smell their unwashed bodies. There was also the missing girl. He had taken a strong one, one far better than the mess he had brought before her today. The girl should have been processed by now. So where was she? Mina rolled onto her belly and sent the colorful lights dissipating through the room. There was no way Manx would dare to keep one for himself. He couldn't possibly be that stupid. She adjusted the pillow and tried to relax. She made a mental note to check up on Manx in his lab in the morning. A barbell flew across the room and smashed the mirror into a thousand pieces. Kevo ducked at the sound, though he was clear of the flying shards of glass. Where did she go? His mother screeched, and another weight took out the mirror on the other wall. She turned her wild gaze to her son, and when he shrugged apologetically, she screeched again. Kevo's father stepped forward from his place near the door. He had watched his wife with a placid disinterest, but now he silenced her by lifting his hand. Kenna, that's enough. His low voice shook the walls, though he spoke quietly. His wife fell silent and lowered herself onto a nearby bench. Her eyes never left her husband's, and he flashed her a smile that turned her blood to ice. We'll find her, he said. The smile never wavered, but there was no warmth in it. She'll only run once. Kevo watched his mother move to his father's side and cling to him. She fawned over him and apologized profusely. Kevo rolled his eyes and began picking up his mother's mess. His parents moved to the back office to talk in private, and he righted another weight bench. The smooth black box lay underneath. Kevo froze and stared at the box. He was unsure of what to do next. Any moment his mother could emerge and snatch it away. Harper would never see it again. Casting another quick look at the office door... Kevo scooped up the box and tucked it safely between some old mats. They reeked of rancid sweat, and Kevo knew his mother would never go near them. Somehow, this box was not on the magical radar. His mother was a magical bloodhound, and she had not noticed the box until Kevo removed it from its hiding place. Its magic had no effect on her. It had, however, affected Harper. Kevo had seen it in her expression. A longing he'd never seen there before. It belonged to her that was apparent. He would make sure he got it to her. Somehow. More thunder. Gemma ducked at the sound. It made her head throb. 
She had a headache unlike anything she'd ever experienced before. She rubbed her temples and pulled her sweater tighter against the biting wind. She closed her eyes and tried to concentrate. She'd lost her. Harper was gone. Gemma had returned to the muscle house, but only the boy remained. She had failed, and now bore the poison marks that would be her destruction. It was only a matter of time. She'd seen the end of other marked ones. It would be a painful one. Gemma tried to put the thought from her mind. She was still capable of thought right now, so she would use it while she could. There was little time left. Gemma needed to find Harper fast. She pulled her phone from her pocket and tapped on the app to monitor the tracker she'd placed on Harper's shoe. Sometimes technology was more helpful than magic, even in the valley. It had been risky, and she'd had to get close to the gym. She could feel the magic surrounding the place as it tried to repel her. She forced her arm through the thick magic blocking the doorway. It burned terribly. Gemma's mind was screaming for her to pull away, but she groped blindly until her fingertips made contact with the sneakers left by the doorway. She was still surprised by the success of that task. Her arm had paid the price, though. The skin was dry and gray, and the flesh had no feeling. Gemma felt very little overall. She smiled a little at the irony of the bright-haired man trying to torture a girl who could not feel. She was already dead inside, and he could do very little that touched her. She had played the part, though, and the drugs he gave her had had a very strong effect. There was no way to escape. Her phone beeped, and Gemma smiled at the flashing green dot on the screen. Harper was very close by. She pulled the hood of her long sweater over her mangled hair and turned up the street toward the store on the hill. Manx spun around as the door of his lab slammed shut. Mina stood just inside the room with a look of disgust on her carefully constructed face. He stretched a smile across his long, skull-like face. Mina pursed her lips and looked around. Let Manx believe for now that he had any control over this situation. Let him believe he had the upper hand. Mina was a patient woman, and doubly so when it involved revenge. Madam, Manx leered. She hated the look of him his bluish pale skin, yellow teeth, and a shock of bright orange hair. It was revolting, and if she had birthed the child so gruesome, she would have sent it away with a trusted nurse. Where is she? Her cold eyes scanned the room, and a fine sheen of sweat coated his pasty skin. Manx was not accustomed to nerves and was surprised by his rapid heartbeat and the accompanying dizziness. Who? His voice shook and he reached blindly for the table to stable himself. Mina slapped him hard and he crumpled to the floor. She still moved with incredible swiftness. She had always been quick and trained hard to remain so. She smiled a little and stood over his fallen body. Manx stayed down. He had tried only once to rise after she struck him, and he had not moved for a week afterward. Mina had a strong, cruel streak and a deep rage. She was patient and not easily rattled, but when she did let it out, the damage was immense. I know you kept one, Manx, she hissed. Where is she? She was a high-quality one, and they are all my property. She delivered a well-placed kick to his kidneys and stepped over his writhing body. A quick search of the room revealed no sign of the missing girl. Mina sighed with frustration. She awarded Manx one more kick on her way out. He remained curled up on the floor until long after the door had slammed and her footsteps had faded away.
And that is the end of Chapter 7, Book Lovers. I hope you're still enjoying Heart of the Storm. And thank you so much for listening to my Books and Cats podcast. And until next time, keep reading.